Welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com. He's Datino, I'm Schmelk, and you're giving us a call, hopefully, at 201-939-4513. We have some open lines, and we, oh, now they're ringing already, though. So get in there if you want to talk some football with Paul Datino oh, and John Schmelk and some Giants football. Indeed. Um, no new information, Paul, since we kind of last spoke. Uh, there was nope. no practice yesterday, no practice yet today. There'll be one in a little bit, uh, starting again at 245. And if you're still planning on coming to practice, folks, last Paul and I heard as of 45 five minutes ago or so is that they're still planning on having the practice outside. It has not begun to rain again. Um, so if you have tickets to practice, you want to come down, I still suggest you make the drive, even if it's a long one, and they will try to practice outside. It looks like the rain might not come till 435 o'clock based on some of the radar I've seen, which means that's after practice, which means mm -hmm. you'll still get to watch it from the stand. So um, if you have tickets today, I would still suggest you come on down and uh, check out practice. Paul, they kind of ramp back up again today um, after a day off yesterday, which would be good. The players need to kind of relax a little bit after the little fracas they had on the field on uh, Monday afternoon, which, you know, fit, the fact that it took until the fifth day of practice and third straight day of pads to have your first little fracas I think was a bit of an upset, to be honest with you. Yeah. But it happened, and now they'll start ramping up again today. Well, you know, Coach Schumer said today is going to be a full pads practice again after the guys had the day off yesterday. And the way he has explained it to us is that – He's going to kind of play it by ear. He said the first three days, we're going to have those, well, the first three days in a row of padded practices, and then we're going to play it by ear after that. And, and that then, was Saturday, Sunday, Monday. By correct. Mm -hmm. And then today he said, well, we had the day off yesterday, so I'm going to get him back in pads again today and probably three of the next four days if I understood his sentence uh, correctly. And they practiced, folks, just so you know, they practiced today, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday before a Sunday off day. Right. So uh, it's obvious that he sees value in having more padded practices than maybe some other coaches might. He's allowed to, as we have discussed ourselves, John. Uh, we were unsure maybe going into the camp exactly what the CBA rules required because, as you know, they're very restrictive. We have since found out he's actually allowed one padded practice per day. Yeah, the only rule is that he, the first two days of camp, you can't do them. Correct. And then after that, you can do as many as you want during training camp. During the regular season, you're limited in the numbers of padded practice you yes. can have. But in training camp, it is apparently unlimited. So I know we did have that conversation about it. We did. Ago. That's yes. why I'm bringing it up because we want to be clear to all you folks who have been watching the show. We did find out about that. And, you know, again, to this point, it looks like he would prefer to go that way. Um, oh, he's a former offensive lineman. What do you expect? Exactly. Uh, but he will definitely kind of gauge it as he goes, and that's probably the fairest thing to do because the yeah. players are going to want to give him feedback. When in doubt, you practice in pads, but if he thinks the guys need to back down for a day, and I mm -hmm. wouldn't be surprised, maybe next week heading into that Browns game, maybe you'll have one day where they pare it down a little bit to make sure the guys are physically okay for the preseason sure. game. I could see that. I could. But when in doubt, if the guys are able to practice in pads and – so far, this camp's been relatively injury-free, which is always a good thing. Really? Um, now, they come in bunches now, so you never know what's going to happen today or tomorrow. But again, Quiet! I don't want to get blamed for Quiet! this. Quiet! <laughs> but as long as health remains strong, I could see them doing as many padded practices as possible. I'm still going no socks because of the hex and the whammy that Odell told me about. So far, no major injuries and no socks. So we're good. Uh, media veils today did occur. We heard from both Pat Shermer and I want to talk about it. I didn't listen to Shermer today. You did, so give me anything yeah. else from from from, uh, from Pat that he said. But real quick on Snacks Harrison, 
uh, before we get to the head coach. I thought the one thing that really caught my ear that I thought was really informative is that he thinks B.J. Hill is the most athletic mm -hmm. defensive lineman on the roster. Now, I'm guessing he's not including those outside linebacker edge guys that are technically outside linebackers and not D linemen, um, which right. is fine. But um, he said he was really impressed with uh, B.J. Hill's movement ability. And if he was a 4-3 guy, he'd be a three technique. Uh, that's what the sounds like to me, and that's why they're putting the defensive end in the 3-4 mm -hmm. base. Well, and that's why, folks, you know, I think we've been saying since we saw B.J. Hill from the moment he stepped onto the property, his get-off at the snap is incredible, mm -hmm. and he really does well getting up and down the line of scrimmage, too. But to hear Snacks talk about sure. it. Sure. And Snacks, by the way, takes a lot of pride in his own athletic ability. He yes, he does. You know how he cares about those Madden ratings. Without question. <laughs> so for him to say that obviously holds gallons and gallons of more water than for us to a lot say of cred. It, even though we've seen it. Sure. You know, Snacks is a guy who he does not throw out bouquets of flowers lightly. No, especially not the young guys, rookies. No. He, makes, he wants those guys to earn it. But he had a lot of good things to say about B.J. Hill. Yeah, he did. He also called him, what did he say, unique guy? I don't know if that means maybe off the field personality-wise. I'm not sure. I thought he was talking about his skill set. Oh, maybe. He but maybe been. not. Maybe. I, I don't know. I, um, you asked me about Shermer. Yes. There were two things that Shermer said that I thought were very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, the first one had to do with, again, the padded practices and how he's going to delineate those during the course of camp. I thought the other thing that he said that to me was, was insightful into how he approaches his locker room. He said that all leaders in the locker room don't have to be the vocal guys or even the quiet guys who are kind of directing other players. He said sometimes you got to give credit to guys who just come in and do their jobs every single day because in a way they can be leaders too just because of the way they go about their business. And he said we often forget about those I like guys. That. I like that. Because I think Pat Shermer's one of those guys, too. He's not a big yeah. rah-rah, talk-talk guy. I agree. Yeah. So I thought that was insightful into his mindset. And he's, he said, you know, we have so many guys. And, of course, he he mentioned some of the, the vocal guys, the Collinses, you know, and the, the quarterbacks. and Ogletree. The Ogletree. He mentioned yeah. those guys. He goes, you know, those guys, yeah, they're amongst the leaders. But I don't want to slight or forget the other guys who just come in and they go about their business because... Like Jonathan Stewart, like Nate yes. Solder, like Eli Manning, those types of guys. He said, you know, there are many ways that you can be a leader and, and guys deserve credit for just coming in every day and doing the right thing all the time. And that's... I, I'll be honest with you. I don't know I've ever heard a coach say it that way before. And I've been around a long time. It's pretty cool. You've probably forgotten a lot over the years, so it's okay. What day is it? Exactly. <laughs> Anything else you want to touch on before we get to our phone calls, Mr. Gatino? All right, 201-939-4513. Again, we'll be taking your calls all show long. If you want to get on in, give us a call, 201-939-4513, or hashtag Giants Chat. I'll keep an eye on Twitter if you want to chip in that way. Let's lead it off with Len in Columbia, Maryland. He's up first today. Hello, Len. It was good to see you practice the other day. Hey, good to see you, John. Yes, sir. Paul, nice conversation. I appreciate it. Good to see you. I appreciate it. Good to see you. Um, you know, um, I, I think, Paul, you, you laid out a one-liner to me while we were standing there talking for a couple of minutes, and, and you said, you know, there's a, there's a good feeling here. And, you know, you could, you could feel it was kind of upbeat, a nice vibe mm -hmm. on this team. And um, 
I, I, I support this, uh, you know, keep the pads on and keep hitting, John. I think when you get to Detroit, you're going to see a different situation than you saw when we went out and scrimmaged the Bengals. I hope so. I hope so. I because I tell team, you, I think this team is going to be ready to play. That it's going to be ready to play in the preseason. And, and I know you guys are going to jump all over me, but this team needs to win. It needs to win from the start. We've got to build on this vibe and just, you know, Get some wins. Get these people thinking good about themselves and that this, this plan is working. Hey, Len, and, Len real uh, quick. I think, I, they're, I think they're ready to do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I yes. had a call on the show before Paul jumped in on Monday, and I was here by myself. And somebody called and he said, John, you're going to get mad at me, and I'm going to say it anyway. I really think it's important that when the first-team offense gets out there in the preseason, they score touchdowns, and they look yeah. good. Because in the years, the last couple of years, that everyone's always said, oh, it's just preseason, who cares? The offenses yeah. looked at, gone out there in the preseason looked terrible. And what happened yeah. when you got to the regular season? The that's, offense got out there and didn't look it, very good. So I agree. I actually think it's important. I want yeah, to see think, some momentum get built. We win right, right from the beginning, build it. And, you know, you look at the first eight games of the season, six to eight games of the season, That's that could turn out to be – a really tough schedule. Yeah, you got to start fast. You got to start uh, you know, fast. You don't. You don't want to be two and six. You know, at the bye. Uh, you know, and then we're already talking about the draft and who should be the quarterback <laughs> and is it time to replace you? I mean, you know, we got to. Uh, I think he's got a good plan here, and I, I feel good about. You know, I feel good about the team. Hey, a couple of positions. Um, oh, geez, the cornerback thing is. Uh, Paul, you talked about it uh, yesterday. I know. I heard yesterday's show. He's just starting to get a little desperate, guys. I mean, if Apple or Jenkins goes down, geez, Jenkins is good. I kind of concentrated on Jenkins the other day. Geez, he looked he looked really good. He can play. Yeah. Um, His ankle is uh, right now. He, That's he, good. You know, but, geez, the cornerback situation, Paul, I think you said it yesterday. It could, could very well be that three, four, and five aren't even on the roster yet. <laughs> There, there's I mean, a possibility. Sure. I mean, Dante Dion of the subs has been the guy who's raised his level higher than the rest. But, yeah. again, you're going to probably keep six. If three, four, or five aren't on the roster right now, yeah. the team's in a little bit of trouble. Well, you again, know, it depends know, Dion, on where guys are going to be um, slotted. Yeah, you know, you know Dion, you play him in the slot, and you know he makes a couple of plays. But you can't play the guy on the outside. No, that's a problem. On the border, he's going to get mismatched against guys who I mean, are five inches I mean, taller than just, he is. I mean, he's overmatched outside. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, we and, understand and, that. And also at that at that weight, I mean, geez, he's just. I mean, he's he's just an accident waiting to happen. Len, I mean, that, you, it's tough to play this game at that weight. Len, I would you say know, this week after week. Just oh, sorry, to pre- just to prepare you a little bit for the possible disappointment on your part if they don't add another cornerback, there's always the possibility that Booby Miles, a.k.a. Curtis Riley, could go back yes. out the corner, which there is what he's done in the NFL before, and he may wind up being one of those guys who takes yeah. those snaps and then another safety gets plugged in to maybe the reps that he might have won otherwise. Listen, th- thanks for adding that, Paul, because I was going to ask that question. Can Riley slide down? He may and have to. You know, he just answered it. Maybe, maybe that's one. Maybe that's three, four, or five right there. And uh, then we see what happens. I mean, as you pointed out yesterday, I think it's September second or September third. There's going to be about eleven hundred guys on the street all of a sudden. <laughs> yes. And yes. I know the Browns. You said this yesterday again that you know the Browns have the first shot at them, and they're weak at cornerback. But the Browns are weak at a lot of positions. They may not go cornerback, and maybe we can you know maybe get some players who can play in this league. Um, but right now, geez, it looks pretty desperate. 
Um, Good corners. You know, and the, you know the offensive line depth. I, I from where I was sitting, I could concentrate on on Hernandez and Soldier. And, I mean, that looks good. That looks good. They both look good to me. And I couldn't see the other side. So, I mean, all I can do is read about Flowers and, you know, read about the new guard, you know, the guy we got from Carolina. We signed off. No, Jacksonville. I'm sorry. Yeah. The guy we signed off from Jacksonville, Russia. Um, it, was hard, it was hard to see from where I was sitting. But Shoulder and Hernandez looked pretty good. But, you know, depth is going to be a problem there. You know, God forbid we got a you know an injury. So depth is a problem all over. I'll tell you one other player who stood out for me. And it was and it was nice to see because frankly, the only time I seen him throw a pass was in training camp, and that's Davis Webb. You know, Webb looks ready, guys. Yeah, yeah, he's he's had I mean, he's had a good offseason. I don't want to I don't want to exaggerate it, but and certainly you know, God forbid with Eli, but. Web Web looks ready. His arm is ready. I'm not sure if the processing speed is ready yet. Okay, that we got to see some games. That could be exactly. That could be. But I, I, I feel tell you, the one thing, a couple oh, plays yesterday. Did. Barkley's going to be a terrific player. I'm glad we picked him. I'm sorry, we picked him. But there, there's going to be a time, and it's probably going to happen really early uh, in the in the regular season. He he's going to take he's going to take a ball and head outside. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he's going to give us that. He's going to give us that little hesitation move. And in the NFL, you know, eight guys are going to be on him before he can take a breath. Um, but so I could see him. Let, let me just throw out a scenario here and get your response to that. I, I could see him where he's got um, twelve carries for thirty-four yards, and then another three carries for one hundred and ten. Uh, I mean, he's going to break some. Land. But there are there are going to be, that may be a combination of offensive line programs too. But God, that little just that little hesitation. I know we saw it on film from his college days. Um, I mean, it's a different game. You, you got to move to the hole. You got to get there quickly. The the speed, especially against Jacksonville. God, Land, that's, I probably the, that's probably the fastest team we're going to play. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Guys. No, I think I think I've seen guys who danced too much. Remember Butch Wolfolk. Oh God, yeah. Okay, now now Butch Butch thought there was an orchestra every time he touched the ball, <laughs> and that's why yeah. there were three defenders on him within yeah. a heartbeat. Now yeah. I don't get the sense from Barkley. I know that there's been a knock in that regard. I get the sense that he literally has juke ability. Juke ability yeah. is a lot different than dancing. I I, yeah. I do think you have to you have to split those two things apart. And I think yeah. the other thing that I, that I want to make clear about Barkley, um, talking again to Snacks today, he mentioned, you know, he was, I know you guys haven't seen him really run a lot. You've seen him catch a lot of passes in practice, but this kid can run. I mean, he has blown Snacks away with his quickness and ability to immediately hit the hole and, and turn on the Jets, even in the limited amount well, look, of running we reps know, that we've seen. We know he has the physical ability. The question is, is whether or not he's going to be a decisive guy when you get the games, and we don't know that yet. I will say this. I'm not so much worried about what you might consider dancing as much as I am worried about him trying to hurdle guys because he did yeah. that in college, and you yeah. know what? Henry Yanoski got away with it once at MetLife Stadium, and the crowd went nuts, and they loved Henry for it. Yeah. I don't want Saquon Barkley hurtling anybody. Larry Donnell, too, right? Wasn't he the Yes, master? he did yeah. one, too. I would rather not see that at all, okay? That yeah, worries yeah, me yeah. more than the potential 
dancing that you might be concerned with? I'll tell you, he's going to he's going to scare a lot of people on the opposition when he catches a pass, too. Yeah. Oh my sure. goodness. Oh yeah. He just he's got great hands. Um, well, he's going he's going to be a good good player. You know, if if you go back to my arithmetic, I'll I'll take 16 carries for 130 yards. <laughs> yeah, I bet you will. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, if that's the way it works out, if he gets stymied for the first will. 12, I'll take the 60 and the 40 yard run easily. Thank you, Len. Okay, hey, thanks guys. Talk Bye-bye. to you soon. Always good to hear from you, my friend. Um, a few things I want to add to what Len said. He, he covered a lot of topics. Yes. I agree the feeling around camp is good. Paul, what was the feeling around camp last year on August 1st? Optimistic, to say the least. Everybody feels good during camp. Everyone's in the best shape of their lives. Everybody transformed in the offseason. Everybody's learning the offense. Everybody's ahead of where they're supposed to be. It's all confetti and fireworks. What was the first Let's negative? It was the first, first preseason game, right? When they first, that when was they, the first they time get a first down. <laughs> that was the first time that there was like a crack yeah. on the sidewalk, right? Of course, because you're playing against another team. It's and a lot it, different. And it turned out that that was more than a crack. It was more like the bridge is out. <laughs> is really what it turned into be. What was the movie with the Rock where like the whole West Coast fell off the the continent? The San Andreas fall. Yeah, San Andreas. Yes, yes, that's what it turned out to be. Yes, uh, it was a foreshadowing. Let's hope. The fact that you knew the name of that movie is very impressive, by the way. Watched it on the plane three times. Pop culture reference (laughs) by DeTito. I saw Skyscraper, too, by the way. You love The Rock, don't you? I'm pretty good with The Rock, yeah. I kind of like The Rock. Well, I'm a a Bruce Willis guy, and it's the same genre, you know. How is Skyscraper? Uh, Was it better than Rampage, at least? I liked Rampage. Oh, my God. Rampage was fun. Really? So Skyscraper wasn't fun? It was incredible to look at. Great visuals. But I liked Rampage better. Okay, Where Rampage was just fun. <laughs> Skyscraper was just scenery. All right. So, first preseason game is when we really start learning stuff, and then yes. after that, we'll either have what we saw in the first preseason game confirmed when they go scrimmage against Detroit. Yes. Or we'll make us think twice about what we saw in that preseason game when they scrimmage against Detroit. You got very sour when Len said a minute ago about Cincinnati, and you were right, because that oh, Bengals bad. week of dual scrimmages, that, that it was again, an eye-opener. It re- that actually should have been a big wake-up call to everybody that, you know what? Um, and that was Tom's last have, year, remember? Yes, mm-hmm. and th- this team's going to have some problems because that week went very poorly. Oh, Geno Atkins destroyed the offensive line. He lived in the backfield. A.J. Green ran around and did whatever he wanted, and so did Tyler Eifert. And, and there was a there was, was a perception. I, I was out there with you. I got there a little late, mm-hmm. but I was out there with you, and I thought there was a perception that, okay, the Bengals are a bona fide playoff team. They had already been there a couple of years in a row. And, okay, this may be a Herculean test anyway. So maybe they're going up against a really good opponent that's more experienced and, and, and more playoff tested the last couple of years than the Giants are. So maybe we can give them a little bit of a mulligan. As it turned out, there was no mulligan. They got their butts whipped that week in Cincinnati, and it turned out that the year did not go well either. And by the way, I will be out in Detroit that week. I believe yes. it's me and I'm hosting the first Monday show 
Uh, then we're leaving Monday night for Detroit, and then I'll be calling into the yes. show from Detroit on Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, Thursday. So I'll get you some updates on what's happening at practice over the course of that week, so that'll be good. Yes, hopefully you'll have good things to say. I, I'm, I, think, I think we'll have better things to say, at least. I would suspect. Geno really Atkins would. doesn't play for the Detroit Lions. No, that's the other thing. Let's not kid ourselves. The Lions are not the caliber of opponent that the Bengals were a couple of years back. Did Ezekiel Yonsa show up under the franchise tag? Is he practicing? I think so, but I don't know. We'll Check. have to look at that. I'd like, I'll, I'll take a glance right now. I'll tell you guys I'm looking forward to it. I don't want to spend too much time. By the way, folks, we have some open lines at 201-939-4513. Scott in New Mexico, you're up next. Um, the guys I'm looking forward to seeing um, there, yeah. I want to see the DBs you know, deal with Golden Tate, who I think is a really tough cover mm-hmm. and a good player. He is. Um, I want to see them deal with the Lions offensive line that really has some names on it. So I want to see what this Giants defensive line and pass rush does against the, the Lions offensive line that has some names. Ziggy's playing on the tag. Perfect. Fine. That's not a problem. You know, they have Riley Reef and, and, and Luan as their two. Um, not Luan. Who's who, who's their other outside tackle? The Lions. I'm forgetting oh, the second guy. Oh, oh, oh. He's a good player. Yeah. It's Reef and the other guy. Oh. I'll think of it. Uh, um, look it up. But, um... There's some, you know, I think that that's exciting, and I want I want to see their running back too. I hear Carryon Johnson looks pretty good for them too. The guy, well, the the kid out of Auburn. So yeah, I think that'll be fun to see. All right, two zero one nine three nine four five one three. Let's do some Decker. more calls. Thank you. The other Ohio State guy. That's yeah, why I got Decker's confused. Over there. They were both from Ohio State, right? Lawan and Decker wasn't Lawan an Ohio State guy too? Am I Luan wrong? Lawan was Michigan. That? Oh, Michigan. I'm Same sorry. conference. Big Ten. Let's go to Scott in New Mexico. He's up next. Hey, Scotty. Hey, hey guys, how you doing? What's Hi. up? Uh, uh, first, I wanted to echo some of the comments I've heard over the past few weeks from fans calling in, uh, stating how truly skillful a job all of you do, you, John, uh, Paul, Lance, and Jeff, in making your analysis of the New York Giants we and the upcoming that. season. Thank uh, you. Uh, your shows have become an addictive vice for me personally because <laughs> I've changed medical appointments so I can actually oh my. see the Giants at this point instead of watching it earlier at 10 o'clock. So my wife is... Uh, extremely mad at you guys, but I really didn't care. I told her where my priorities are, so oh, she's accepted it. Boy, well, I'll, I'll, let me say something very quickly, um, Scott. As someone that's relatively newly married, and 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 Paul's been married for a long time now, um, just be very careful. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> well, it, it's thirty-five years for me, so I have nothing to worry about at this point. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, and, Paul, I wanted to give a shout-out to you because I know you had wished me well, and I didn't have a chance to thank you for that. So uh, I just wanted to do that All now good. at this point. Absolutely. Uh, today, although I gather I'm probably going to be in the minority opinion again, uh, that the Giants will be a Super Bowl contender this year, uh, I'd like to talk about the faith I have in both James Betcher and Pat Shermer's uh, coaching abilities in uh, contributing to hopefully making that a reality. Right. And to me, it's not simply a Pollyannish view coming from a diehard Giants fan, of which I proudly am, but it's rather based on some past criteria about both James and Pat's role in their previous positions on other teams. So I'll start first with James Betcher, since defense seems to be the bigger bone of contention, I guess, this year for the Giants. Uh, in his tenure at Arizona, while D.C., his defensive units finished sixth overall in 2017, I believe. And that's despite losing uh, Calais Campbell, Tony Jefferson, and Kevin Minter, who were all uh, component parts of the previous year's defense. And under Betcher, uh, Tremaine Williams, who only played a portion portion of the season, had his best year. Uh, And I believe he had been in the league for 11 years with Green Bay uh, and some other teams at that point. Yeah. 
Right. Uh, in 2016, Arizona was ranked second overall and fifth in 2015. So recognizing personnel is different year to year. Why would it be so implausible for the Giants with this current defensive roster to duplicate what transpired in Arizona? Isn't that what Betcher was essentially brought in for? And doesn't he have the track record to back it up? Uh, I think he's excellent. I don't. Uh, you kind of glossed over the personnel a little bit in Arizona, and I think that's a little bit of a mistake. Yes, it does change from year to year, and it's encouraging that year to year he was consistent despite the changing personnel. But right. if you look at the high draft picks that they've committed to that defense right. in the front front seven and, and back four over the course of the years, he had a lot of tools to work with there. So no one was happier about the bet you're signing than I was. I think he's an excellent coach. I think he's going to do a great job. But top five, got to be pretty special, to be quite honest with you. And I'm not right. sure they're quite at that level yet. And quite frankly, and I, I don't mean to be a bit of a Debbie Downer, the NFC West wasn't exactly dynamic offensively for a lot of those That's years. True. Two bad, two games against a horrible 49ers team. Two games against a horrible Rams. Rams were horrible until last year. And then the Seahawks were primarily a defensive-minded team. They didn't score a ton of points either. So I think that also probably helped those numbers a little bit. I think, okay. I think the one caveat that I'd like to give you, John, mm-hmm. is that you know a couple of years back, Spags was working with a very banged up and and very substandard unit, and they were last in the league. Sure. All right, either 31 or 32, depending upon what ranking you were looking at. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they added a couple of pieces, but then what happened after they they brought in three big free agents? All of a sudden, they were the number one defense in the NFC. And no matter what ranking you looked at, they were in the top five in the NFL. So they did a nearly worst to first within one year – by bringing in three big-time free agents. In vets in their prime. Correct. Now, this team, we know how poorly they ranked defensively last year, but they have done a significant amount of work on this defense. Ogletree's in here. You know, B.J. Hill's in here. He's going to be a big-time player for them. Third we think Tomlinson's uh, going to be a yeah, much better player. He was here last year, though. It, it, it isn't the same amount of additions that they had two years it's ago. It's not the it's same not. in terms of the big splash, but I think in terms of quantity. Kareem Martin is in here. Lorenzo Carter is in here. Yeah, but These you can't guys, compare that to the top DN on the market, the top cornerback on I'm the not market, saying the top that. run no, no, stopper no. on the market. Not right. big splashes, but more in terms of quantity. Right. The whole linebacking core is different. Ogletree, Barwin, Kareem Martin, Lorenzo Carter. Huh? They've totally rebuilt the linebacking unit. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is – they haven't made it the big splashes, but they've made more changes to this defense. I don't think it's too much to ask for them to be a top 12 defense. No, I think that's Maybe fine. even a top 10. They're, they don't have to be top 5 for the Giants to be a possible uh, playoff conversational team. If To me, it's a success if they're a top 15. If they're, if, they're, if they're in the top half of the league, to me, it's a successful season. You know, Health opinion. is going to be a bigger factor than any of this other stuff because, right. let's face it, we also know that there are certain guys on defense they're not going to be able to afford to lose. Let me put it this way. I feel much better about this offense being a top 12 offense than I feel about the defense being a top 12 defense. And it's not close. Right now, you have to say that because even with Barkley being unproven, and Hernandez technically being unproven, there are more proven star players on that side of the ball. Of course. But that does not mean that there's not that kind of potential on defense because I think it's realistic There to aren't say, as many great players on defense as there are there on aren't, offense. There aren't. But I, I, believe, the point? I believe there is easily the potential for this to be a top-12 defense. I really believe that's realistic. Okay. Well, uh, let me turn to Pat Shermer. 
His tenure with Minnesota, uh, I'm not going to cite team statistics, but I'm going to cite the accomplishment of just uh, two players, Case Keenum and Adam Thielen. In in three years with Houston, another three with St. Louis slash L.A., Case never rose above an 80% quarterback rating. Right. His one year with Pat, his quarterback rating was 98.3. Mm-hmm. And his completion percentage was the highest it's been. It was 67.6, which led to him, I'm assuming, receiving his mega contract with Denver. Sure. Uh, Adam Thielen, prior to Pat's arrival, had eight receptions in 2014, 12 and 15, 69 and 16, which I think is the transformation year from North Turner to Pat, mm-hmm. I believe, and then 91 in 2017 under Pat. So the correlation here as to both players' improvement and had arriving should be obvious, and I I'm not sure where that def- offense ranked. I think it was 11th, but I'm not absolutely sure of that. But with the super talent the Giants have accumulated, it's so far fetched they, that they will not only be vying for a playoff spot but going beyond. And Roger Lewis is going to be all pro this year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but certainly they have the three best uh, receivers. I'm talking about the two wide receivers and the tight end in, in the NFL. I know somebody brought that question up yesterday. But I can't think of a better trio of receivers than the three the Giants have. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate the call, my friend. Uh, okay, take care. Thank you. Look, I don't think either one of us argue that we think the offense and defensive schemes are set up to be pretty successful this year. Mm-hmm. No one's going to argue that. But we need to see it translate to production first. I don't like to get ahead of myself off a week of practice in training camp. See, the one thing that I think you all have to understand in terms of being yellow flag uh, waving in front of you is that, you know, we all talk about if a quarterback gets hurt in the NFL, that's a devastating injury because how many people can mm-hmm. go with a backup quarterback? Very few. Eagles are one of them. And still survive. Okay. Well, I think the Giants, unfortunately, and this is part of what happens when you're trying to retool and reconstruct the team, especially on the fly, you have a number of thin positions here. If Odell Beckham gets hurt, that is a significant problem, as we've talked about well, and, we, and we saw last year. I also don't care how much depth you have a wide receiver. If you lose a player of Odell Beckham Jr.'s right. caliber, it's going to kill you. If of they if, if they lose Alec Ogletree, that's going to be a huge problem. You even missed the most important guy. Yeah. Okay. If they lose Landon Collins, that is going to be a huge problem. If they lose Nate Solder, that's, that is going to be a huge problem. That's my number one on offense, and my number one on defense okay. is Janoris Jenkins. I don't have a problem with you saying that either. How about Olivier Vernon? Who the hell's rushing the pass okay. if he gets hurt? So, so in a lot of cases, you can point to some of the, quote, playoff teams and say, all right, the quarterback could really, really hurt them if he gets knocked out of the lineup. But with the Giants, they're in such a fragile situation because they are so thin at so many other spots. There's a half dozen to seven guys that could they need to play. break the year. Yes. yes. That's, that's the yellow flag, folks. If the Giants stay healthy like they did back in 2011, okay, when they were relatively healthy across the board, Beatty was their big injury in 11, yeah, right? Yeah. They mm-hmm. they could make they could make some hay. They could actually get into that playoff conversation. But if any one of those like six or seven guys mm-hmm. winds up with a debilitating injury, you want to throw Saquon Barkley into that mix? Yeah, well, you probably could. You probably could. Although Stewart and Goldman can probably get some semblance of a running game going if the O line is right. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're walking a tightrope here with a number of make-or-break players. Is that fair? I don't disagree at all. That's the warning sign that I give you. That's the warning sign. 
201-939-4513. Let's go to Antonio Manhattan. He's up next. Hi, Antonio. Hey, what's going on, John? What's going on, PDAP? What's up? Hi. So, I, I, you, got, you, you know, Paul just, just stole the thunder from me right now. I was going to say to that fan that just called in, they just as, you know, just as much as we are hyped and we think Giants are going to go to the Super Bowl, I mean, we're so thin and, and we lack depth um, that, you know, just anybody gets hurt. And, and just, against, just remember that Alec Ogletree had a terrible season last year. He was hurt, um, but he did have a terrible season, and we just hope that we get – somewhat of, of, a, of a good play from him because his play has been declining as the years has been going, and that's why the real reason why St. Louis got rid of him on top oh, of the t- fact. Time out, well, time out. I need, I need to clarify that just a little bit, okay? Right. Ogletree did not fit that scheme very well, and that's the primary reason besides salary cap issues why they jettisoned well, him. He is a run-and-hit or a chase-and-hit linebacker. That's right. not, not what the Rams – no, that's exactly right. right. So, so the Rams we, are so built are more for that like kind that of guy. Here? I'm sorry? Are we going to also have him as a pretty much no, a hit No, that's, he, he, in this defense, with the guys in right. front of him, specifically Snacks, he right. is going to be allowed to be a run-and-chase or a chase-and-hit linebacker. I remember, though, the, the, the this not, is a better scheme for him. They're not running a two-gap scheme, though, where Snacks is taking up multiple linemen. Understood. Understood, but this right, scheme... exactly. They're not running two gas schemes, but, so but he this, is going to have to shred block. You have to understand something. Part of what they're going to do with the two inside backers, and I've talked to B.J. Goodson about this, he's going right. to be the more clogging guy inside the tackle so that Goodson can do... Uh, not, uh, Ogletree can be more free. This scheme yeah. is designed to get Ogletree free to roam sideline to sideline. The Rams' scheme was not that way. He was a bad fit. So please well, understand that. that. But, well, I agree with you, Paul, but here's the thing, too. All, there's also coaches on the other side, and they're going to try to scheme to get Ogletree to that position of where course. he's going to have to shed a block. Of course. And, you know, hopefully he will, but you, you never know. I mean, hopefully there's something that he works into all season because I'm sure he knows his own problems. This, um, is, this so goes yeah. back to what Betra said, though, about I, I, it's, it, schemes are great. But I need to mm-hmm. make sure that I get my guys their one-on-one matchups, and they got to win Absolutely. them. Well, because Absolutely. Goodson's got to do what he's got to do, and the front line got to do what they got to do. And if they do, Ogletree's going to be free. Yeah. That's the whole idea. So, so the, the the only way that I can see for the Giants to have real success this year is two things. Like you mentioned, we stay healthy. But we also need heavy production from our rookie class. That's the only way that we're really going to be competitive this year. If not... You know, we might have a good, a decent season. It's mm-hmm. not maybe miss the playoffs, but at least we're now going towards the right direction to building a foundation. Just remember, guys, that, you know, in the years before, our mid to late picks have not panned out for us, even first round picks. So it just, it's, it, it's, it's, we're just rebuilding now from square one. Our team looks good in the surface, but we just need, you know, underneath, underneath the iceberg, it, it's a mess. So, you know, that's what we need to do. And just, y'all wanted to touch base on Shula. Um, you know, I, I, does, is Shula involved in any type of offensive game plan, or is it just going to be Shermer's game plan and Shula's really going to be conducting it? Just because I'm just really scared about Shula. If it wasn't because of Cam Newton, he would have, he, he should have been like out of the league by now because his offense. I mean, that that Carolina offense was just 
terrible anytime they had to throw the ball. Well, Antonio, if, if we had a, I don't know if you listened, back in June, we had a reporter that, that, uh, that covered the Panthers on, and they, they, she talked right. a lot about how Shula's strength is play design and things of that nature, and that is what he's going to be involved in here, play mm-hmm. design and the game planning part of it. He's going to do what Pat Schremer tells him to do, obviously, but he is going to have a hand in putting game plans together but it'll be Shermer that executes that when he calls the plays on game day. So I think that's going to be his primary role, and I think what they're going to ask Mike Shula to do, I think he's going to be very good at it. I wouldn't worry about that. And you know what? Thank you. John, to his point, I'm going to ask you point blank. Sure. How shocked would you be if Barkley, Hernandez, and B.J. Hill did not make significant contributions to this team immediately? How shocked would you be? Well, I think all three will be virtual starters. Okay, so, so that answers his question. Yeah. And and Lorenzo Carter will probably at least be some type of rotational player. Yeah, I agree with that too. So that's four guys that you should get some contribution out of in their rookie seasons, and three of them probably huge contributions. That's exactly what this franchise needed if they were going to make some moves this year. Well, let's see it too. I mean, we need to see it. I mean, right. do you think they're going to make huge contributions? Reason- will, reasonable to expect. Will Hernandez could play 16 games and be an average player. It's very true. He could be below average as a rookie. Who knows? It's possible. It's all very possible. The point is reasonable right. to expect. Yes. Well, I think all three will get significant, and even the fourth with Carter will get significant playing time. And that would be quite a jump over what's happened here over the last several years. Especially with the third-round picks. They have not gone well. Okay. And so... I appreciate his warning sign. I appreciate mm-hmm. his trepidation. But I think what what we've seen indicates that that, that may be a uh, an unrealized fear. I'm not as bullish on Ogletree as you. Like, I think you're assuming he's going to step in and be the next Antonio Pierce right away. I'm not quite confident he'll play to that level. I don't know that he has to be Antonio Pierce, but he has to be... Um, I think he will be a significant improvement over last year. How good he's going to be, I don't know. That's the way I look at it. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, with all due respect, and I like him, he's a good guy and a good player, but Calvin Munson was the starting middle linebacker last year. Right, right. Understood. So Understood. I think there will be a significant step you know, up from that. I mean, Antonio Pierce went to a Pro Bowl, and, and, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to come out and tell you I, right. that Ogletree's going to the Pro Bowl this year, but what I'm telling you is— And, that, and, and that's I, where I am. I, I suspect he'll be in the upper half of inside linebackers in this league. I'd be very surprised if he's not. And that's enough— if everybody else is playing like they're supposed to, that's enough to make this a good defense. 201-939-4513. Let's go up to Maine and say what's up to Jason. Hey, Jason. Hey, fellas. How you doing? Doing great. What's up? Good. Uh, just a few things for you. Um, first of all, I'm just wondering if you guys can comment. Uh, we don't hear much, or I don't hear much about Roger Lewis, and I think he's a pretty important part of the team. I'm just wondering uh, if you guys can just share with us what you've seen from him so far this year. He's been the ex receiver with the second team. Um, mm-hmm. He's basically been in that spot for all the spring and all the summer. I thought he played pretty well in the spring. He caught some passes down the field, showed off some speed. Um, he hasn't made a ton of plays uh, with the second team, I don't think, in the summer. I agree. Um, he's been there. He's done anything wrong or poor. No. I just haven't seen the ball go his way a little bit. And it's funny, I was going to make this joke before too, Jason, and I'll kind of expand this out a little bit. I feel bad for Cody Latimer and Hunter Sharp. <laughs> they, never, they don't get much thrown their way never, at all. They never get the ball thrown their way. I it's know. always going to Ingram or Shepard or Beckham. They 
Manchester. And this is and a guy, by the way, that's way, no crime. And by the way, <laughs> Latimer and Sharp, when when Odell wasn't on the field in the spring, they got lots of looks, and they got they the did. ball thrown the way a lot. They but did. I have not seen that quite as much this summer. No, and and that's not their fault. I no. mean, consider that the ball's also going to Ingram, and it's also going to Barkley. <laughs> I mean, how many? You know, it's actually a good question. Let me ask you this question, Paul, and and, and Jason, hang with us. Sure, Paul. Who do you think on that second group with Davis Webb has gotten the most targets? I know they've calculated it upstairs, but my guess? I don't even know what my answer is. <sighs> my guess? Wow. See? It's a good question. I don't have an answer either. I might have to go ask somebody uh, that question during practice see, today. See if they can get if they if they're willing to give that to you. You know, cuz I'll tell you something too. They, they haven't been shy about throwing little check downs to Goldman either. No, they have not. And I've seen a decent amount go to the tight ends with that second group too, I yeah, think, right? Yeah, they have. Uh, yeah, I mean, and again, you understand with the front-line skill guys they have, they're going to get the bulk of the, of, of the throws. But to me, Roger Lewis has not done anything wrong to cost himself a spot right now, but he also hasn't had really a chance to step up and do anything spectacular here in the summer that says, oh, I'm going to be the three or I'm going to be the four and don't even think about taking that job away from me. I think the preseason games are still going to tell the story. Huge for that where wide receivers three, four, and five on this team. No question. Huge. I'm sorry, Jason. Go ahead. We kind of went on okay. a tangent. Yeah. No, I hope we fine. answered you. Uh, <laughs> I'll just ask you two other things. One, I was curious about the color rush uniforms. I'm actually a big fan of that. I'm wondering, uh, I noticed the Giants playing on Thursday night, I think at home, finally. Uh, and I'm wondering, do you know if they're going to have different color rush uniforms this year, or do you think they're going to stick with the white ones? I might you know guess. Do there? I think my guess is that they were very popular last year. I would guess they're going to stick with the white ones. If they didn't, I'd be surprised what game they're going to wear them at. Um,. You know what? The usual I'm on the Thursday nights, right? So maybe they'll use them with that th Thursday night home game against the Eagles. Yeah, that wouldn't I, surprise me. I have not heard anything. Oh no, I don't way. know either. I'm just guessing. I put the the feedback on those white throwback jerseys, I think, was pretty strong. Well, yeah, it and was, I think ownership liked them a lot too. It, so it, it was the old Sims LT jerseys, exactly. So and my, the helmets. My my prediction, and I know nothing. I know no inside information. I haven't asked anybody about this. My guess: all white Philly Thursday night in a. Was that October? Yeah, but see, that would be a home game. Would they do that? Or yeah, would they sure. just Or would they just go back to the old Sims LT blues with the Giants across the helmet? They, warm, they could do that, too. They warm, at home, so. they warm at home against <laughs> Dallas last year. Yeah, That's well, when they warm, the Whites. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, that goes back to the Parcells thing. At superstition, night? Superstition, wear your Whites at home against Dallas because you want them to wear their blues. At it night? It was bad luck in those days. At night in the White jerseys? Looks pretty it cool. is pretty. It is pretty. Looks good. pretty cool. I, I I admit. I admit, and I'm a, I'm very anti color rush, as you know. Oh, Paul hates the color. I rush. can't stand it. But the Giants white throwbacks. I'm I'm good with that because it's a throwback. Right. It's not it's really not color, color rush. rush it's yes. really throwback. And, and other teams do that too. Pittsburgh does that. Dallas does that with the jerseys yeah. with the stars on their shoulders. So a lot of teams do do the. I'm throwback always good with, with the throwbacks. Right. I don't like anything new. I just want to go back <laughs> to the future. You understand? <laughs> I really like the helmet. Is what I like. I like the yeah, Giants I logo on the helmet, but. 
just one other thing. I'm wondering if, if sometime next week or whenever you guys can do it, uh, I know uh, people don't put a lot into maybe preseason games. Some people do. I put a lot into them. So do I. So in, 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 uh, in the first one, I realized probably not going to have many starters. So I'm wondering if there's a time, uh, a show that you guys will maybe just give us a real good breakdown on what to watch for in the second, third, and fourth quarter of game one. Yeah, tune in and next. I'll just, uh, uh, yeah, I'll I would, just leave it there. Thanks, guys. No problem. Appreciate the call. If you want to tune in, we'll have a show next Wednesday and Thursday before the game. We're I'm here. Sure we'll do a lot of that. We're so, here. Tune in to next Wednesday and Thursday shows. I think it's uh, – I don't know who's doing the Thursday show before the game. That I know I'm not, but somebody is. I think and, it's uh, Lance and I. Lance and Seagulls, maybe? I think it's Lance and me. Could be. I think. But here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to be perfectly frank with you. Until Coach Shermer starts, you know, filtering out some of his plans, yeah. I'm very leery uh, of telling you what to expect because my experience is based on all pre-Shermer. And I, I, I can't honestly tell you what you know. What is he thinking? I don't know. It's until he starts, until he starts yeah. filtering stuff out, I really don't want to discuss that stuff. I have some bad news for you. Rain? No. What else is going on as we're doing the show? Oh no, Baltimore! Are you kidding me? Are the Orioles actually winning this game? Well, the, let me put it this way: it's one forty-six, and the Yankees just got the bat in the bottom of the second. Sunny Gray. Five runs for the Orioles in the top of the second inning. Oh, my goodness. Luckily, Glaber Torres is in a two-run home run, so that'll make you be a little happier. But it's 5-2 Orioles, bottom second. Yankees still up. Unbelievable. Lance Lynn, better get that arm loose. Wow. Hello? Better get that head-foot-mouth half disease figured out. Jay Happ. (laughs) Unbelievable. I figured you wouldn't be too happy about that. No, no. What did I just tell you this morning? Sun, <laughs> Sonny's yeah. won three games in a row. Cross your fingers that it's all going to yeah, go Yeah, I know. You were okay feeling today. good about it, so you put the kibosh I actually, on it. I actually said to you, I'm kind of thinking maybe it'll be okay. Guess not. you got to win this game Is he out already? Too. No, they left him. He's still they left him in. <laughs> More runs for the Orioles to come. Uh, 201-939-4513. <sighs> See, we track everything here on Giants.com. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to the phones. T is in Maryland. What's up, T? Don, how are you? Doing great. What's up? Dots, what's going on? See, you weren't there the other day, Dots. I guess they still had you hostage and, and making you take interviews and not take our glorious phone calls. I'm sorry. So. <laughs> he big time hey. does. It's okay. Yeah, check this out. I got a question for you. And, yeah. and I talked about this with John. Everybody's all doom and gloom and all getting upset and everything. Look, man, just relax. Everybody take a chill pill. Wait till preseason before we start analyzing and overanalyzing and going crazy. But I talked about Hernandez on Monday when I was with John, and I'll be there tomorrow. I was supposed to be there today, but the wife was off, and you already know what that means. If she's off and you're off, (laughs) you you got other things to do besides football. Yes, you do. (laughs) We we all know how that goes. So my son looked at me and was like, I guess we're not going today, are we? I said, no, we'll go tomorrow when she's at work. (laughs) Nice. But look, hey, I, I was watching the um the videos and everything, and I was listening to the interviews. And I don't know, Paul, and Paul can remember this because Paul's a Paul's a seasoned vet, I should say, because I'm in my 40s. I'll put it that way. T T T T. Hold on, you don't have to beat around the bush. Just call him an old guy. It's okay. <laughs> Paul's an old guy. I accept it. It's fine. It is what it is. Hey, but see, my dad told me when you call people old, that, that when you get old, then you're going to regret that. So I, I just say he's seasoned. Okay. If you're 40-year-old, too, it's okay. 
Yeah, don't, don't worry, John. I see you, man. I just tower over you because I'm above six feet, little guy. So. Oh, hold on. <laughs> I am six foot and a half inch. I'm not Lance, who's five, five and a half. Paul, don't, don't, you see don't, how he added that half in there? That's the coils the, the of a short guy. Don't. Anyway. I'm not short. Where are you getting this from? No, no, no. I'm <laughs> not Lance. Let, let Lance is the guy who needs the fruit carton when, yeah. when we put him down oh, the chair. Yeah, Lance, okay? yeah I, I remember two years ago I stood beside Lance, and I was like, man, this guy's little, man. But, <laughs> but anyway, I was thinking, man, um, and this is just me foreshadowing and just, I guess you could say, remembering the good old days. When I look at Hernandez, and whether it be Jones or P.O. and um, the new guys are mommy, you know who I think of, Paulie? I think of Arch, Boats, and Godfrey. Wow, that's, uh, that's setting the bar pretty high, don't you think? It, it is, but you know what? It's just that because these guys like Hernandez, even in college, man, he was like, he was like putting a, 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 a buyer snowplow on a truck and just letting it go. <laughs> and, and, and Pio and, and Omami, I mean, they got rid of Omami because of the guy they got from Carolina, but Omami wasn't a bad player, man. I've seen the film. No, ball, no, man. he's a solid player, a yeah, solid player. And I was really impressed with Jones and Pio last year. So I think they're going to, like I told um, John on Monday, I, I, I'm expecting uh, a Joe Morris-type season out of Saquon Barkley. So so but, minimum 1,000 yards. Oh, minimum 1,200. What, okay, um, okay. Uh, what, Morris ran for what, 1,400, 1,500, and 20 touchdowns? All right, but here's the thing you have to remember, and, and John and I have been discussing this for months Okay, they rebuilt that whole offensive line, and the one thing that those guys had was chemistry. They worked together so closely knit. They were like Lego blocks. The yeah, way that the way that they fit together, no matter what the individual talents of um, Jalapio or Jones or Omame or Hernandez are, regardless of how good they may be as players, if they don't mesh together and quickly. This line is not going to be productive as the one you just said. And remember, too, there's, there's, so, there's, there's so many talented players on this offense. I just think the touches are really going to get spread out. So I think a lot of the guys that people assume are going to have these monster statistical years might be a little depressed, which is a good thing for the offense overall, sure. even if it might be bad for their fantasy. That numbers. is also true. Yeah. I was speaking on a fantasy level, so you know. I hear you. <laughs> you know, I'm a realist. I always, I'm always going to go with the level of, of civility and realism versus fantasy. But yeah, I mean, I it would be great to have it. But hey, I, I would love for it because if all these guys are getting touches, and 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 if the line even is half as good as um, Art Oates and, and and those guys, I will be, I will take that because that means they're moving the ball on the ground. And if we could move the ball on the ground, we could do a lot through the air. I'm telling you. So, look, I'm going to get ready to go because I still got a honeydew list to do it. And I will see you guys tomorrow afternoon, all right? <laughs> Sounds good, You too. got it. We'll see you tomorrow, my man. Good to hear right, from bud. you, dude. Appreciate it. Bye. See, people, can, people do, when they're not watching the video, obviously, they confuse my voice with Lance's. They think people, a lot of people think our voices are very similar. I don't sense that. I never did either. No. And by the way, but they do. as you and I both know, the honeydew list usually has a lot of pits in it. It does. A lot of pits. Are you trying to be like 
turn of phrase there? Or I'm just what saying. What are you trying to do? The honey-do list has a lot of pits in it, a lot of stuff that you just don't want to get to. Oh, oh that, that's true. That's, that's true. what I'm saying. I thought, you, I thought you meant the actual honeydew has like a pit in it because it, it's a fruit, and that was the joke you were trying no, to make. No, it does have pits okay. in it, and it's it's <laughs> it's the least the least uh, desirable part of the fruit. Just like there are many undesirable parts to the list that none of us want to get to. Well, that that that's why it's a to-do list, not a want-to-do list. How true it's is difference. that? Yes. Big difference. All right, a couple yes. of things I want to get to on Twitter, Paul, before we uh, say goodbye here. Um, H. Carson fan at Night Moves NJ, this is his quote, I am optimistic about the season as a whole, but to expect a fast start against early competition is a real stretch. New staff, new offense, new defense, new O-line, new linebackers, new unnamed third quarterback. It will take the season, it will take half the season to get into sync. Okay, one flip to that. Nobody knows what to expect from these guys. Where's the film? That's true, too. So that works both ways, and ultimately it will come down to the execution. My sense talking to you today, Paul, is compared to the way we talked for, God, four months before we got going here, I feel mm-hmm. like your optimism level has risen a lot. Well, there are two things. That's that, my sense. There are two. I don't want to say a lot. But there are reasons why it's been buoyed a little bit. A, no significant injuries already Mm -hmm. into the second week of camp. Yes, we talked about that at the beginning of the show. And that in itself, okay, that makes you feel good if if you're the organization. Second thing is, I am really, really impressed at how good Odell Beckham Jr. has looked here on the practice field. He has done everything they've asked him to do. I've been saying all along during the offseason, hey, you know what? Let's see if he's still Odell Beckham Jr. Or is he somebody less than that? Well, I know they haven't gone against the opposition, and I really want to be able to see him go against an opponent as well. We've talked about that too. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, right now, out there on this practice field, he has looked as good as anybody could possibly imagine. And I think that bodes well. So those two reasons have given me reason to buoy my hope, my optimism, and made me feel maybe even a little better than I did two weeks ago. At Rico underscore underscore Delore, uh, can you describe the differences between McAdoo, Coughlin, and Shermer's camps under the new CBA? I'm assuming it means physicality level and things like that. This is probably the most physical I've seen camp in a couple of years. Totally agree. And I, I actually think, I don't want to disparage anybody, I do think there's more um, consistent focus uh, it's hard for me to judge it that. It is hard. It is hard. But I think you see players when they're not in their, let's say, their positional drills or individual more. drills, it looks like they're more focused to me. I will say this. I really am impressed with the assistant coaches that part Pat Shermer brought along. I think I, th- I think it's a very good group, especially on defense. A lot of good guys on that staff. Lou Anarumo, Deshae Townsend, I think they're doing a great job in the secondary. Um, I think, you know, uh, Gary Emanuel does a really good job on the D-line, and Bill McGovern's always been a good linebacker. Yeah, I, so I, like, I like Bill a lot. I, I think the assistant coaches, uh, I think he's gotten a good group together. Look, we know, for one, there's a lot less music out on the field during practice. Yeah, only in the very beginning of practice do you okay. get music. And that's obvious. And, and quite frankly, I know that Coach McAdoo wanted to reach the Millennials, mm-hmm. and that was part of his plan to do so. But I do think that that made it more of a recreational feel at practice as opposed to a workmanlike atmosphere at practice. I think that's a fair thing to say. 
And if you want to tell me that that's going to benefit this team, I'll listen to you because the proof will be in the pudding once the season starts. A.J. Marshall, today is the last training camp practice at 245. Why did they decide to move it to 1030 this week and next? Well, it's not the last practice at 245. It will go to the morning for a couple days in a row, and then it will return to 245, I believe, on Saturday, right? Isn't Saturday's practice at 245? I think Saturday goes back. And then it kind of rotates back and forth for the rest of the camp. So yeah. make sure you look at the schedule. Understand the reason Giants.com, by the way, has a training camp schedule Yes, for you. yes. Uh, there are other events here on the Meadowlands property. Yeah, uh, when they have concerts at night, I mean, they don't simple. want to have people in here for training camp practice. This late is people will be coming in for concerts, and that a will affect a mess. Them. Yes, a mess for traffic. You don't want to deal with that. So the Giants have tried to adjust things. And the last open practice of the public, I believe, is uh, right before the Browns game next week. I want to say, sound is it right? seventh? I think that might be right. Check games, it out. Games the ninth. Yeah, I believe. I I do not believe we have any open practices after the Browns game. I believe all the open practices are before them, if they have there. Oh. By the way, practice. Oh, training camp practice is open as of now. Again, it's still a little bit of time before it starts. And I was right. right. The seventh. The seventh. That's the last open week. practice. Perfect. That's what I thought. All yep. right. Perfect. Awesome. Um, James Jones. When are the Giants going to set the official depth chart? Well, the Giants do not set an official depth chart until they put out their players on the field for the first regular season game. Correct. You will see an unofficial depth chart at Giants.com. Probably. Usually they do it the second week of camp. So I'm thinking maybe sometime this weekend or Monday you might see the unofficial depth chart pop up, but. Again, I wouldn't take that too seriously. Right. A lot of times they might move guys around to try to hide undrafted guys, to hide interest them in them, and things like that. I'm Who knows? not saying anything about that. I just know that it's unofficial. <laughs> exactly. It's put out there with a purpose. Let me put it that way. And then this, I, th I think this one's for you. Nana, I believe Blue 10. I go in, First time I go into the Giants chat forever, and to my surprise, I find out we have a top 5D. Okay, I'm taking a long expletive break from the chat. <laughs> top five? Who who said top five? Uh, the caller did. Oh. You know what? Great. That was funny. Sky, sky's the limit. Let's see how it all turns out. I think that's probably asking for a little bit much, quite frankly, as we said before. But, uh, hey, you know what? The sky's the limit here. All the more, let's watch this defense play. Absolutely. Uh, let me think. Anything, Anything else good? Else? No, I don't really see much else here. Um, except, again, the Giants right now are playing to practice outside, folks. So if you're on your way or you're lining up, make sure you stay or keep coming. Uh, the Giants will try to practice outside. Hopefully that rain will stay away for the next three hours or so, and we'll yeah, get it in. It's close. Uh, and, again, practice is at 2.45 today before hitting the morning the next couple of days. Giants training camp live tonight, MSG. Bob Papa, Carl Banks. Uh, we'll have a whole bunch of features and info for you, and we'll talk about practice. And I think Shermer's on tonight too, else. right? I think Coach is on tonight as yes. well. At 6 p.m., MSG. Yes. Good times, Paul. That's it. All right. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us on Giants.com and Big Blue Kickoff Live. And, again, for continuing updates on camp, coverage, training camp schedule, and word on the weather today, stay tuned to Giants.com, and they'll have the latest for you there. For Paul Dottino, I'm John Schmelk. We'll see you manana. Adios. Go yet.